Little did you know you are strong, smart, insightful, beautiful, hilarious, loyal, and loved. The podcast you need to navigate your 20s. Little did you know with Shelby Eastwood. It is almost, well, it is spring, but snow is almost gone and it's getting warmer. And that just makes me so happy. And have you guys noticed how, because of daylight savings times, that it doesn't get dark until like 7.30? It makes me so happy. It just, I'm so excited for summer. Um, It's, school year is so long. This year has been, uh, let's just say, uh, not even a 360. What do you call, that's, 360 is like, I don't even know. But, like, this year has been ridiculous. It's just the changes that have happened. Whole life is literally flipped around um, in a good way, in a good way. Lots of positive changes, changes that have helped um, my mental health, the people around me, their mental health, the people in my life's mental health. Um, just made it, the changes made everything better, um, for lack of better words. Um, still some things I wish that could be improved upon. Um and but that's that's tricky right because you can't control other people and that's that's something I've learned um through my courses and in therapy and stuff like you can't control other people you can't control their thoughts and that's our number one want is to control people and to control behaviors and to control actions and and to control events and like we can't do that right so that's where you start creating your boundaries and and deciding what is worth having in your life and what is not worth having in your life and and doing doing that up for you and for your sanity and your happiness and stuff like that um so those are some things I would maybe change but overall it's been things have been good it's been a good change just been oh my god it's been busy I feel like I could sleep for five days straight that's why summer needs to come so I can sleep for five days straight (laughs) oh man but I'm super excited about today's guest um I Dr. Christian is a clinical psychologist. He comes from somewhere very far away. Um, I will let him tell you, but I'm super, super excited. Um, And I can't wait to hear really about um, what he's noticed in the terms of mental health and stuff and with the clients he's seen and stuff like that. Um, And the fact that I'm also taking a clinical psychology course right now, it's super awesome because I am literally learning about that all, all that stuff right now too, right? Like therapists, or therapy, therapists, CBT, um, all different kinds of strategies to help with mental health. So I'm really excited to have him on. He's in the waiting room, so let's get take a break and we'll have him on. All right, hello. Hi, Dr. Christian, how are Hi. you? Hi. I'm well, thanks, Shelby. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Where are That's you, great. anyway? Yeah, where am I? I'm in the middle of Sydney. Now, Sydney is, a, is my hometown. It's a small town, and I know it well. Uh, it's got lots of water, and I love it. So, Sydney, Australia? Sydney, Australia. That's the one. Wow. So, what time That's is got- it What time is it there right now, then? Okay, so it's, it's just after um, 12, midday. Oh, and, like, so are you, are you Thursday, then? Uh, we're Thursday, and uh, we're in the middle of a hot summer. What? So, uh, it's a bit strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is very cool, very cool. Well, I'm in, like, northern part of Canada, and we have about seven feet yeah. of snow right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> 
wow i i can't say i've ever talked to somebody from australia so this that like you've just made my whole my whole day that's so cool Oh, that's great. Yes, you've got a cool, I've got a spot. Together we'll find something in between, Shelby. For sure, for sure. That's so awesome. Um, so I kind of told listeners a little bit about you um, prior to you coming on uh, while we were waiting. Um, but do you want to kind of tell your story, like what you're about? Who are you? Uh, yeah, I look, the question I get most is why is it that somebody who starts off as a musician ends up being a doctor and a psychiatrist? That's what, that's and, what I was going to uh, ask you. <laughs> Yeah, that's right, that's right. Okay, so, so the short answer is that my first love has always been medicine. I always wanted to be a doctor. I always wanted to help people. But I didn't get enough marks when I finished uh, school, so I, I went to my second love, which was actually music. But here's the amazing thing, Shelby. I, I learned so much about people and human interactions and how the brain works in music that all of that has been invaluable for the work that I do now which is working as a psychiatrist with people. Because um, in psychiatry, you're not actually treating a part of the body that you can see. Like you're not treating the kidneys or the liver or the heart, not even treating the brain, okay? You're actually treating the mind. And we don't actually know what the mind is or where the mind is. We just know that we all have them and we all interact as minds. So in psychiatry, in a way, I'm a doctor of the mind, I'm a doctor of the emotions, and that actually means understanding people interactions. And so strange as it sounds, I learned a lot of that in music. Very. What did you do? Like, you were a music professor, yes? Uh, yeah, I was, actually. Um, I, I play piano and keyboards, I used to conduct orchestras, oh. I used to write music, but uh, my son's doing that better than I ever could now, so I'll leave that to him. Um, <laughs> But yeah, all of that rearranging notes and Mm. coming up with new notes is like coming up with a new solution for people who are having problems in their lives, which is why after I did medicine, um, I was naturally drawn to psychiatry because it is very people intensive and people are just extremely interested in Shelby. For sure. And how long, so how long have you been a psychiatrist then? Well, okay, uh, I became a doctor about 22 years ago, and I've been a psychiatrist, so a, um, a fully qualified uh, independent psychiatrist for about 12 or 13 years now. Oh. I don't know, about 15 years, come to think of it, yeah. It's been a while. Wow. And do you deal with more so, like, um, general mental health disorders, or, like, are you more like the extreme ones, like schizophrenia and, like, bipolar and all of that stuff? Yeah, yeah, well, as a psychiatrist, I've worked extensively in the hospital system, which is a lot with schizophrenia, a lot with bipolar, a lot with people who are uh, deeply depressed mm-hmm. and wanting to take their own lives. So, uh, yeah, we take care of those uh, those situations and find the best way forward for people. Uh, now I work more in outpatient settings, so okay. people that are in the community. So uh, on the one hand, it's less severe, but the thing is that it's like we all have mental health issues now. Oh, for sure. Uh, it's, it's not, yeah, that's right. It's, it's not just a brain chemical imbalance. It's the way that we're living uh, is, is bad for the human organism, and we don't understand exactly why, but we all need to take care of our mental health children. So we all do. what things, you mentioned that, and that, um, that kind of piqued my interest. So what, what things, like, in our lives impact our mental health that, like, make us all have mental health issues? Okay, so um, 
science is like a big ship. It's, it's not going to turn around and uh, go in a direction just because it thinks this might be the right thing. So the bottom line is we don't have the answer to that. But there are a number of things that come on. We sort of know mm-hmm. that's happening. And I've, I've been looking a lot at social media addiction mm. uh, because there are hundreds and hundreds of studies that are pointing in the direction that social media and screen technology is not always good for us. It, mm-hmm. it actually leads to disconnect rather than connect. I've actually put together a video uh, about this. I've got it on YouTube and I, I look at the science. I look at what the studies are saying. And the studies are saying that the more we're connected with screens, the less we're connected as people. Mm-hmm. And we are social creatures, Shelby. We need love and we need connection. We all don't do well without those sort of things. And unfortunately, that's the world as it's becoming. But that's not the only thing that's causing the mental health crisis, you know. Uh, So there are things like overpopulation. Uh, There's actually increased prosperity. We have more choice, which actually leads to more anxiety. True. So there's a lot of different things that contribute to this strange headspace that we're all in. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a, um, a, I'm trying to get my mental health and addiction certificate through one of the universities just outside of Toronto. And I'm doing uh, a clinical psychology course right now. And they were talking about that and choice. And in the chapter I read literally for tomorrow's class, they were talking about how yeah. um, the amount of choices we have in like a grocery store or whatever literally makes yeah. us not want to go there. And so, like, that's just, like, a simple example. But then if you have, like, a specialized, if you, let's say, like, there was an example about, like, on the ocean, like, on the ocean, they have, like, a fishing pier and, like, a fishing store. And instead of having, like, 20 different kinds of fish, they only had three kinds of fish and three kinds of spices that you could pair with it. And that helped people feel less anxious going into that. And I was like, hey, I never realized that. And then you just mentioned the amount of choice we have. And I was like, hey, I just read about this. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So we call that choice anxiety. Uh, because uh, let's say relationships, okay? One of the difficulties of getting into a relationship these days is the anxiety that I may choose the wrong person, mm. so I cannot commit to this person. So, so that actually creates a whole lot of anxiety. Whereas if we were in a society where we were happy to find somebody yeah. and we would then commit to them and actually make that work rather than sit in that anxious space have I made the wrong decision? Yeah, and I know I'm susceptible for that all the time and, like, just yeah, overthinking and stuff. Yeah, we all are. We all are, Shelby. That's, yeah. That's the whole thing. The crazy, yeah. the, the crazy thing is, is, like, the fact that you're in Australia and it's making me realize, hey, it's not just here and, like, in North America <laughs> that people are experiencing that, but it's everywhere. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The whole world, in a sense, has gotten closer together <laughs> thanks to our technology. Our technology is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um but it means that um, I am speaking to somebody like you in uh, Canada, but my own neighbors here in the apartments just across the hall, I don't even know. And that's actually bizarre. Right? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so is. what? So working with um, p- mental health patients and like seeing this every day, what stigma is such a big thing. And I'm, a, I'm actually a grade seven teacher and uh, I've been talking to them a lot about mental health and like stigma and what that means and stuff. And they were like, well, we can just talk about it more. And I'm like, okay, but not everybody wants to talk about how they're feeling and like, and like what their brains are thinking and all that stuff. So what would you kind of recommend to reducing the stigma surrounding mental health? 
Okay, so this is a really complex uh, issue because mm -hmm. it seems that we as humans are always going to look for somebody to stigmatize to make ourselves feel better. Mm -hmm. So it, if, if we sort of say, okay, no stigma towards those in mental health, it, it's like we as a community are going to find somebody else to stigmatize. Fair. But the, but, the, but the bottom line is that if we start to see that we're all human beings, mm -hmm. we are all just trying to get through this crazy thing called life. And uh, this is where the science is actually on our side. If we actually expose ourselves to people of different cultures, people mm -hmm. of, uh, of different diversities of all sorts, including people with mental health issues, we find out they're not so different from us after all, mm -hmm. and stigma actually starts to come down. Uh, but that's a hard process and uh, again it leads us into the situation where we're not exposing ourselves to more people that are diverse because we're spending a lot of time on screen uh, and so something that's a tool that can help us a lot also gets into our in our way and and that becomes a problem oh for sure and I know um in terms of the screen time, I was going to actually mention this earlier when you were talking about that. Um, um, the thing too about about screen time and like social media, I was going to actually uh, mention it to you earlier when you were talking about it. But I find especially to like people my age and people in their 20s, they use social media as a way of making their lives seem better than it actually is and kind of like yeah. a facade. And so that can also trigger like emotions and thoughts from the people seeing that being like oh my life your their life's so perfect and so then you start comparing yourselves to what you see on social media and i feel like that can contribute to mental health problems as well oh very much so you're quite right there Shelby. And, you're, and you're touching upon things that are called uh the fear of missing out yep <laughs> FOMO, right and you're all right how my life is good as their life is mm -hmm. how come they're with a better partner how come they've got a better job how come they seem like they're enjoying life a whole lot more? And the thing is that you go onto the social media platform and nobody posts about the last argument they had with their partner. They don't post about how they're not getting on with their dad. They don't post about how uh, they're just not even getting on with their dog, right? It just seems like, here's a great meal. I had this great experience and, and we make our lives look so good and everybody else looks at it and goes, oh, my life isn't that great. So. No, it's a problem. It, it, it is a problem, and it's like it almost makes you think: is is social media and all that really worth it? Like, yeah, we can connect, and like that's the reason we're we're you and I are connecting right now. But like, if you think about the consequences yeah. of it too, you you start to think: hey, is this really is this really the best thing for me in my life? Okay, okay. So so now we're going to get into dopamine, all right? Because dopamine hits feel great, mm -hmm. but too much dopamine will actually sabotage the brain and hijack the whole of the brain system. And this is how addictions work. Mm -hmm. So the trick is to get your dopamine hit, but not too much. It's actually better to get a little bit of dopamine every day rather than huge dopamine hits and then get like a dopamine burnout. Mm -hmm. So to use your social media just a little bit, give yourself time limits, or say, I'm not going to certain websites, I'm just using certain platforms so I can keep in touch with my friends. That's a very useful way of using social media. Mm. It's, it's not as though we're all going to turn off. Uh, it's just limiting it. It's the same as alcohol. You can enjoy a whole night more if you've had one or two drinks. Mm -hmm. But if you have 15 or 16, you just don't remember the night, okay? Yep. So. <laughs> 15 or 16, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Jeez. Would That's you right. say... Would you say that would be the same thing as like, 
or the same process when you're because I'm thinking about like relationships and you mentioned sabotaging ourselves when we take when we get, get like too much of a hit of a dopamine would that be the same as when you're yeah. self-sabotaging in a relationship okay self-sabotaging in a relationship okay so um to answer your question firstly all addictions actually work the same way okay if, if we can get a lot of dopamine through drugs alcohol sex porn gambling mm-hmm. shopping anything social media we can become addicted yeah. so if we can find a way of controlling that that's good now the thing about relationships is a relationship is a very basic human need mm-hmm. right and and we feel really bad if you don't get basic human needs fulfilled okay so sometimes because this need is so strong we overthink things we overdo things, we overfeel things, mm-hmm. and we get that niggling sort of thing that goes, is this the best relationship for me, right? Or could I do better? And so instead of working on the relationship to make it actually better, because you can do that with any relationship, we go, you know what, I'll just cut my losses and go for something else. And and then you start to get this, this nihilistic attitude of, oh my gosh, I've gone through all these relationships, Perhaps I will never find the right person. When the thing is, the person in front of you could be the right person, but you've got to make it the right person. You've got to make it the right relationship. That's hard, hard stuff, children. Oh, for sure, for sure. Sorry, I'm like jumping all over the place, but you're you come up with so many points, and I'm like, oh, what about this? Oh, what about this? <laughs> there was <laughs> there was something I noticed. You mentioned you talk about you're talking you talked about um in your on your page there an anxiety free diet. What does that mean? Okay, all right. So uh, one of the reasons that we're jumping around in different places is because if you go to my webpage, you'll notice the first thing that I say is that I'm into preventative mental health, right? So I want everybody's mental health to feel good, Mm -hmm. right? To make sure that you're doing a few things so that you don't have to go see psychiatrists, you don't have to go see psychologists, you don't need the medication. Mm -hmm. So it's about living a wholesome life first. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, I, I wrote one one blog about an anxiety-free diet, right? So here we go into um, uh, diet anxieties, eating anxieties, okay. and it's the same sort of thing. There's so much information on diets out there that all of us are going to think, do I have the best diet? Mm-hmm. What could I do to make my diet better? And and this taps into, this, uh, into fear, but also perfectionism in all of us. So my anxiety-free diet is basically just eat without thinking about it. Just enjoy your food, right? So in other words, if you go to a party and you're vegan, vegetarian, uh, you're, you're on a keto sort of thing or you're doing gluten-free or whatever you happen to be doing, just for that night, just chill and eat whatever they have there, all right? Rather than talking about, am I gonna be behind on my dietary goals? Um, because what happens is you start talking and you alienate yourself from the people around you. Mm-hmm. When you can both grab a piece of fish and you're both eating a piece of fish, at that moment you feel united with the person that you're talking to. And that's a, but if you sort of go, no, sorry, I don't eat fish. So the person that you're talking to goes, what's wrong with me? I eat fish, okay? Um, there's something wrong. I'm not united with this person. There's something really weird going on and so it creates anxiety. See, when I read look, that, when I read that on your page, yeah, yeah. and that's why I created the question, I did not think it as a food, like diet as in food. 
I, yeah. I, I imagined it, you, like, this is just my thought, and that's why I thought I'd ask you about it. I thought when you said anxiety-free diet, I was thinking, like, diet as, like, your lifestyle and doing things within your life that can reduce your anxiety. So I pictured it completely different than what you just explained. <laughs> Oh, not, not, not too much, because you're right, uh, uh, diet is one of those things that is causing anxiety in our society. Mm-hmm. So uh, if we all just um, uh, just reflect on that a little bit and sort of say, look, you can eat the diet that you want to for five days out of seven, six days out mm-hmm. of seven, of going to a party and just enjoying yourself with people, whatever happens to be there, without getting to a big philosophical ever right yeah and actually being thankful that we have food all right <laughs> it's amazing that during this coronavirus crisis we still have the capacity to feed each other that yep. is an economic miracle it's amazing right i hope that kid that still laughs shelby okay uh so to go oh i'm just so grateful for this piece of fish yeah great why are you happy for this piece of fish because we can still feed each other okay yeah. we still have food that's an awesome feeling. Yeah, it's just getting people in that mindset that can sometimes be a little tricky. <laughs> Very tricky. Um, I kind of want to talk about, if you're cool with it, um, relationships yeah. for the last little bit of our conversation. Um, I know that yeah. you, I think it was a book. I'm pretty sure it was a book. You wrote a book about love types. Is that? Yeah, I did. Yes. So I did. What is that the same as love languages, or is that different? Like, what what is it? No, it's, it's, uh, it's quite different to Love Languages. So Love Languages, which is a, a lovely little book by uh, Gary Chapman, talks about basically when two people are together, they could be saying, I love you through giving gifts or spending time or doing things. And if you don't notice that that's their love language, you'll miss it. Yeah. Okay. But the, the book that, I'm, uh, that I've written called The Seven Love Types is basically about the different types of love that we have in society. Because whenever we talk about love, we think about relationship love with a partner, yeah. okay? But there's friendship love. There's family belonging love. There is mentoring love where you help guide somebody else through, through life. There is what I call liking love where I love golf or I love music or I love this particular person. That's another type of love. Then there's totally giving love, all right? Okay. And I know you're counting here, so I think I've got, uh, I've got one more to go. <laughs> That's six, is it? Okay, so um, uh, I've, I'm down on one. So I don't, oh, that's right, stranger love, right? Whenever we smile at somebody as we're passing somebody on the street, we're just sharing a little bit of love that says, hey, we're two human beings trying to get through this crazy thing called life. And you know that if you, can, if you go shopping and all the shop assistants are just really friendly to you, you have a great day. But if, if, if somebody really sort of says, look, I just couldn't be bothered with you, all right, you come home and you go, oh, I don't feel too good being alive at the moment, you know? Uh, so how we treat strangers is actually a form of love. Interesting. So that's basically what my book's all about, yeah. That's cool. And then, like, it just kind of talks about each one more in detail. That's really cool. It, yeah, but it also talks about how, let's say if you're in a personal relationship, somebody that you live with, You've actually got all seven of these types of love going on at different types in your relationship, okay? Hmm. So, okay, let's say, let's say your partner drops a bombshell of a secret that they haven't told you before. For that moment, they become a stranger to you. Uh-huh. And you go, oh boy, okay, I've got to treat this with a bit of respect. I've got to get to know them in a way that I didn't think that I had to before, uh-huh. okay? And sometimes 
you've got friendship in your relationship and sometimes you help each other out because you're better than your partner certain things and they're better than, you're, uh, than you are at certain things. So there are all these different love types playing themselves out even in the one relationship. Interesting. Yeah, and I never thought of it that way, but like when you talk about it like that, you're right. Like there's, it's everywhere and kind of like we kind of show it in every aspect of our life and I just I guess there was just never a name for it that I knew of before so that's really cool that you kind of talked about that well yeah and, and yeah and I suppose that's why I wrote the book because we are social creatures as humans mm. we actually need each other we all want to love and uh and I'm basically on about preventative mental health so if we get the love right in our lives we would actually feel a whole lot better but we're going through an age where we're feeling disconnected from people so the love in our life is just not as balanced as it should be yeah what do you think causes most relationship breakdowns i know like i've talked to other people before and like in my personal experience like most of the time it's communication issues do you agree with that or do you think it can be other things too look Shelby, we're just we're just in the middle of writing a book um basically on people who have been uh together for more than 40 years and we're asking them what's their secret of keeping them to of keeping it together and i know this sounds bizarre but communication issues does not rank as one of the highest things no okay no because uh after you've been with somebody for a long time uh you get to know their communication even if it's not through words and some people are lousy communicators, but they still can keep a marriage together for 40 or 50 years, mm-hmm. right? So there's something else going on. So what we're finding is, uh, is a few things. Firstly, society has to value relationships, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we've all sort of got to be on board that having relationships is a good idea. And, um, and by and largely we do, but this is not as strong a value as it was, let's say, 30 or 40 years ago. Okay. Yes. Now it's uh, we're into individualism, sort of doing your own thing, and that's all right. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we have to balance that with valuing relationships. And then there's this thing that's coming up really strongly in the research we're doing at the moment uh, of give and take. Mm. Now we're all into the take, right? That's fine. We're all into being made to feel happy in a relationship. But it's the give side of it that, that can make the difference. Oh. Can you give to somebody else to make them feel good or to fulfill their needs? And that means being flexible, being able to go with the other person. Compromising. To, yeah, compromising. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's not a, a happy word these days, all right? <laughs> or, or sacrificing. That's not a happy word. But in a relationship... It can make a huge difference. And I guess know? that makes sense, too, because, like, you were saying how we're more individualistic right now, which makes, like, which is true. You see that. And so if you're more yeah. individual, you're more thinking about yourself, chances are you're more selfish and chances are you're not going to give as much. So, like, it all just, it's that big cycle. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But here's the good news. If you value your relationship and you're aware of these things, you can say, no, nah, I'm going to do this for the good of my relationship to keep my relationship together because in a way that's being selfish because if you end up with a better relationship you'll actually feel better about life true but you've got to give how would you how would you recommend people to to kind of break that cycle and re- recognize the the value of their relationship okay 
a lot of that is in the uh, is in the love book that I talk about, but it's it's got to do with valuing the other person, and this is where good communication comes in, mm-hmm. right? Um, like a question, like when you're in the middle of an argument or your partner is down, to ask, "What do you need from me right now?" Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a very selfless question to sort yeah. of say, "Hey, I'm here for you. What what do you want me to do?" And then to actually be able to express that, to be able to say, look, what I need from you right now is this. Because sometimes we're afraid to say that because we think we're putting demands on people. But one of the best feelings in the world is actually to be able to fulfill somebody else's need. Or like you don't want to, or like you don't want to say it because you don't want to sound needy or, or nagging or whatever. That's right. That's right. You don't want to sound needy. But one of the good things about a relationship is that you do something for somebody else and they actually need you and they appreciate you, that, that makes you feel like a million dollars, okay? Yeah. That's, that's one of the greatest feelings that we can give each other in, in life. And so it's basically give each other that feeling. So, oh, but hey, I don't want to be needy. No, no, this is what I'm about. Do this for me, wouldn't you? I like that a lot and I like how you kind of gave like a concrete ex- I like how you gave a, like a concrete example there um I have a personal question for you so you're married yeah. yes sorry I'm what are you married I'm married yes I am so how long have you and your wife been together we've been together 32 years now 30 uh, actually no longer than that yeah, yeah. So what's your guys' yeah, secret? Yeah. What's our guys' secret? Uh, we value each other highly. We, we actually, uh, shall we, we actually put a lot of demands on each other. Yeah. Okay. But, but she's worth it to me and I'm worth it to her. At least I, I, I hope to say that. Okay. Uh, and we really value our relationship because if our relationship is going good, then the rest of life tends to flow. Okay. Do you... Uh, also, also, it's values. You, you've got to value things in life together, right? To be pulling another direction is very, very difficult. Yeah. Do you guys still have like date nights and stuff after thirty years of marriage? Okay, this is going to sound strange, all right? But date nights, formal date nights, are not really that important to us. Okay. Right? However, they happen spontaneously. Yeah. Every now and again, I'll just say, why don't we do this? Or something will come up and we'll say, well, why don't we make a weekend of it? Oh. Okay? Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's that feeling that we're always open to the romance and the fun. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, but what keeps us together is uh, heading in the same direction in life. So, uh, so at the moment, we're writing this book together. Oh, nice. And I know this... It sounds bizarre, but some of the best times we have together is when we're talking about what what we're researching on the book because we're on the same wavelength. We're actually giving each other insights and we're doing this together. Yeah. And it's that feeling of togetherness that makes it wonderful. That's so awesome. And like your 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 own mini like passion project together. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's a really good way of putting it. A passion project. Yeah. All right? I love that. It's so but, cute. But, but, uh, but hey, I, I, I gotta let you know we argue a lot. Okay, uh, we we let each other know what's going on. We get inside each other's heads, and uh, that's part of it too. Yeah, part of the journey. No, for sure, yeah. for sure. What's the so, best yeah. What's the best relationship advice you've ever received? 
Whoa, the best relationship <laughs> that I've ever, uh, advice I've ever received. Okay. The best relationship advice that I've ever received was when I was not quite sure if this is the person I'm going to marry. Okay. And I actually asked my father, I said, how do I know that I'm making the right choice? Okay. And he gave me uh, some relation advice that I've kept my whole life. And he said this, the heart knows more than the head. Hmm. Okay. So in other words, go with your heart. If you have that feeling of love, then that will drive you to put in the effort. But if you've got a checklist of, yes, this person's good for me for this reason, that reason, and that reason, okay, then that's not going to be enough to sustain a relationship. That's that's fair. So people who make a pros and cons list, that's not going to work. That's not going to make it last. <laughs> people do that. People people my age do that. They'll be like, oh, I'm going to make a pros and cons list of which person is better. So you're just proving the fact yeah. that that is incorrect. Uh, well, yeah, but it's good to make a pros and cons list so that you know what challenges you're going to have in your relationship because the challenges that we had in our relationship 30 years ago are the same challenges we have now, Fair. Shelby, all right? Fair. Okay, so, so we, have, we have not resolved anything. <laughs> but the heart of, of real love, it, it gets us through, okay? And it, it's not just those great body sensations that we get, you know, when yeah. we're excited. It's, it's something deeper than that. It's, it's something that's very hard uh, to describe. And you, you called it uh, a passion project that we have, you know? Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's something like that. It's something like the feeling of not we belong together. That's that's awesome. That's so cute. Um, something I like to ask all of my guests um, at the end of our conversations um, is if you could go back and you could tell 20-year-old Christian anything, what would you tell him? Oh, gosh, that's, that's so difficult because he had a lot to learn, Shelby. He had so much to learn. I'd like to sit him down for a few hours, okay? Um, uh, I suppose the thing that I would want to tell him is follow your heart and don't be afraid. Mm. So um, not that I haven't followed my heart. I have followed my heart, but I've doubted a lot when just going in there and doing things uh, because this is, this is the one bit of advice, and this comes from a Greek philosopher, that really is the best for straightening out your thinking. And that is, you've got to know what you can change and know what you can't change. Mm. And you've just got to accept that you can't change and concentrate on what you can change. Because we worry about all the stuff that we can't change, all the yep. stuff that's beyond our control. Yep. And I would like to have gone through life with a whole lot less of that and just concentrated my energy on what I can do something about. I totally agree with that. I spent the early part of my 20s being like, well, I can't control this and making it a big downward spiral because of that. So it took me a couple of years to realize that. So I agree with that. <laughs> okay, Shelby, can I ask you, what, what's the best thing that somebody has told you that they would have liked their younger self to know? Uh, people have said like lots of different things. People have said, um, there was one recently where they said things about me stay with me and things about them stay with them. Again, going with your idea yeah. of control and like not being able yeah. to control somebody else. That one was good. Um, one of them, literally someone had something as simple as, um, 
you're gonna get through it it's gonna be okay because she had experienced like a traumatic past with her with her with her mom where she was abandoned when she was five but her she got to uh, but her sister got to stay with her mom so like just recognizing being like hey you're gonna be okay and like even just something as simple as that I feel like can be very powerful especially depending on what your situation was you know what I mean yeah or even like um so what I'm doing is like I'm low-key kind of writing a book (laughs) and at the end of like I talk about like things that have happened in my past and traumatic experiences that I've been through and at the end of every chapter I write advice to myself based on what I wish I had known when I had gone through those things and so like one of the ones I wrote for myself was like um just because one specific example would have been just because uh my mother couldn't sustain a successful relationship that doesn't mean that that's going to happen to me one day and so like that was just something I wish I had known in that moment you know what I mean and being yeah. couple yeah. years more experience being able to recognize that I feel like is is important to, to even just get out on paper you know what I mean oh that's very good that's very good that made me <laughs> very anxious that, that made me very anxious to say all that to you <laughs> well thank you for sharing that no th- thank you for sharing that because you get to listen to a whole uh, of, of good advice mm-hmm. okay and I was just interested to see what you would take on board and what you take on board for yourself because life is very complex, Shelby. It's very complex. For sure, for sure. And it's, it's always worth it. It's always worth it. It is. It's, it's hard for me to talk about sometimes and that's why like, I, I do this too to kind of get other people's point of views and a lot of things that you guys are all saying is very similar to what I've written at myself at the end of every one of those chapters. So I'm like, okay, maybe what I'm thinking and what I'm saying is worth it, is on track with like how everybody else is feeling, so to speak. So it makes you feel a little less alone. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And, and the amazing thing is, Shelby, never in the history of humankind has there been a person like you. Mm-hmm. You are totally unique. Your brain is unique. Your mind is unique. Your choices and your life's journey are all unique. So all of us, we add to the tapestry of life. Mm-hmm. We are all part of it. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about us all being able to support each other in that because it's damn difficult out there sometimes, Shelby. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, definitely. Um, where can everybody find you? So you have your your blogs you were mentioning, you have your book. Where else can people yeah. find you? Uh, yeah, so the, uh, the, the main place is uh, our website, uh, Uh But we have a, uh, a YouTube channel. Uh, we're on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, and, and on Facebook occasionally as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we want people to, to realize their uniqueness and go through life without mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So that's why we look to relationships uh, as a way of preventing mental health issues. That above everything. For sure. I love that. I'm definitely... Um the podcast is on Instagram a lot, so I'm going to shoot you a follow. And then when, when this gets released, I'll tag you guys in it. So... Um, your audience can listen to as well if, if it interests them. Yeah, but most definitely. Yep, we, yep, we will do, do that too. We will uh, we'll let people know where they find you mm. and, and this interview because uh, we want to share these ideas so that we feel connected. Absolutely, absolutely. And I still think it's the coolest thing that I'm talking to you and you're in Australia. So like, and you're like, you're like on Thursday and it's like the future where you are. So it's basically pretty much like you time traveled. And that's the dumbest thing I've ever said, but that's what my brain is thinking. <laughs> No, but that's right. That's right. I can tell you the future looks good. <laughs> You're so sweet. Thank you so much for taking time out of your your day. Um, I really appreciate it, and uh, we will definitely stay in touch. 
Okay, thank you, Shelby, and thanks for inviting me on uh, to, to your podcast, and thanks for all the work that you do, because you never know who you are inspiring, okay? Thank you. And then they'll go on to inspire somebody else, okay? Thank you. That means that means a lot. <laughs> okay. Have a, have a great day. <laughs> okay, you too, Shelby. Okay, take all care. The best. Take care. Bye-bye. so insightful i loved hearing about his like little passion projects that he does with his wife and stuff like i feel like we need more of that in our lives and as a teacher i do passion products passion projects all the time with my students right it kind of fosters a love for learning um it helps find your interests and stuff like that and like we need to do that more as adults and more in our relationships because maybe you find you discover something that you maybe never thought you would like before right and doing it with somebody else like it helps build that sense of adventure and and community and commitment in your relationship which I think is super awesome um but he had so many good points I want to I want to be married for like 30 years one day too oh isn't that so sweet those are like the cute stories you hear you know what I mean um which is so awesome so I hope you guys enjoyed it I hope you guys have a great week and um just be kind to yourself find a passion Find your passion this week. That's your goal, your homework. Find a passion. Do something that you've never done before, either by yourself or with your significant other. And tell me. Send me a DM with what you did this week. I want to hear all about it. So have a great week, guys.